What's up, everybody? I want to send, first of all, a big, massive shout-out to all my patron supporters. If you don't know what I'm talking about, that's patreon.com forward slash kj52. Uh, for those that support the podcast and actually really support anything I'm doing, um, you can get multiple tiers uh, starting anywhere from $1 all the way up to 52 Haha, <laughs> get it? 52 Anyway, um, by helping to do that, you help me fund the costs of my outreach to the juvenile detention centers all across the state of Florida. And, um, yeah, so uh, go ahead and check that out, patreon.com forward slash kj52. Big shout out to all my new patrons that have joined. I appreciate you guys. Anyway, uh, title of today's podcast is, Is There a Double Standard for Men? Question mark. What am I talking about? Um, a couple things have been circulating through my head, and I'll kind of explain uh, the impetus of where this all started. Um, I've done a lot of child sponsorship type stuff over the years. I uh, worked with all the major organizations on tours, on my individual stuff, um, you know, essentially going out and advocating for child sponsorship. Uh, basically just trying to help out kids. That's the best way I could put it. Now, a lot of times when it comes to doing that, there is the, there is the sort of misnomer where it's, it's the old picture where it's the kid in Africa with the flies on their face looking just really, really destitute. Um, which tends to pull on the emotional heartstrings and gets people to give to child sponsorship. Now, I am blessed to say that all the organizations I've worked with do not pull that. They don't pull that kind of low-hanging fruit, so to speak, to raise money. Um, but I'm saying with this with the idea that, you know, a lot of times a verse that's used is the verse where Jesus says, you know, uh, you know, when you clothed me, or when you, when you fed me when I was hungry, or you clothed me when I was naked, uh, when you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. And I've heard a lot of people, when they pitch child sponsorship, they use this verse um, to say, hey, look, the least of these are poor, destitute kids. You know, we got to help those kids out. But we always seem to leave off the last part of that verse, which is, and when I was in jail, you came and visited me. It's like we like to use that verse to advocate helping out little kids. But when was the last time you saw people go on a tour to help people in jail? <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Meaning Jesus didn't say, oh, and by the way, also help out people in jail. It was basically like Jesus saying, look, all this goes together. Do you get what I'm saying? Here's what I'm getting at. All right. I'm going to be just transparent with you guys. It's been a tougher road to get people to sponsor or help or get behind me doing these outreaches to juvenile detention center, specifically boys, specifically young men. And I was scratching my head thinking like, why is this, why is it, why is it harder to get people to give to quote unquote jail ministry or things like that than it is to get them to give to little kids? You know what I'm saying? If I stood up in front of my church and I said, hey, we're going to sponsor these little girls who are being sex trafficked um, to get them out of that. 
man, you'd get a massive amount of people jump up and go, of course. Here's here. Let me write the check. Now I'm not downplaying one. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm saying that's an amazing thing. That's close to my heart. And I'll probably share a story about that someday when I feel transparent enough to talk about a story where that really hit home um, with trafficking. But if I stood up in the same place and I said, hey, I want to go help young men in jails. I'm going to guarantee you that the giving is going to be quite less. Sometimes I feel like there's this mindset that says, well, they probably deserved it. Well, they knew what they were getting into, so now they're in jail. So they're getting what they deserve. Whereas the little kids, you know, that's not their fault. Listen, I get the logic behind it. I am a human just like you are. In fact, if anything, I'm so, like, responsibility-driven. I probably do lean to the side of it. It's like, yep, you're in jail. You probably did it. So deal with the consequences of your actions. I'm not helping you. <laughs> Look, we're all faulty and sinful in this area. But sometimes I stopped and I thought, and again, this sparked a conversation about this sort of double standard when it comes to helping men. Um, and I just want to pause for a second and send a huge shout out to the homie Dayton, uh, who just released a project about, it's called Hell in the Hallway, and he has a song that talks about the struggles of his divorce, um, the things he went through, and man, it's been a while since the Christian rap song moved me to tears, but that song was super powerful, because he's really detailing the heart of a man when a man feels betrayed, or hurt, or cheated on, or XYZ, and I couldn't help but, like, he kind of details the feeling of where when you're kind of put in these situations as a man, there's really less sympathy. Is that the word? Help? I don't know. I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, but... Okay, sorry. I had to just jump out of the car for a second, and I'll be honest with you guys. I've completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> Which doesn't mean anything to you, because you're like, dude, what's with the full stop? Well, the basic gist of what I'm saying was, I'm listening to his heart, right? I'm listening to Dayton and what he's talking about. Uh, I'm thinking about these young men that are in these juvenile detention centers. I am thinking about a situation that happened to me about a year or two ago, uh, which I'll tell that story in just one second. Um, I'm thinking of, of, of men when they tell me or share with me, you know, the feelings of anxiety or inadequacy or struggles, uh, it just seems like in a lot of ways, I could be completely wrong here, and I hope I am, but it does seem like there is this double standard that men are expected to suffer in silence, that um, that in a lot of ways, this is, this is the gist of what I'm trying to get at. In a lot of ways, men are presumed guilty until proven innocent, okay? Uh, I had a family member who got in an argument with his significant other and the policy in any sort of domestic disturbance in this particular area, the policy, and the, get, keep in mind, there was no physical altercation happening. The policy is to arrest the man immediately. <laughs> if there is a domestic disturbance, the guy gets arrested, no questions asked. Presumed guilty, uh, guilty until presumed innocent. 
Um, and I'll share with you just a quick story about my own life uh, where I kind of experienced some of this presumed guilty, uh, guilty before presumed innocent. And when I say presumed, when I say guilty and before presumed innocent, I mean in the sense that in the divorce, uh, usually the kids go with the mom. Um, in a domestic disturbance, the man is automatically arrested. If the case of a bunch of juvenile detention center boys in JDC, um, it's like, dude, they got what they deserved. And so on and so on and so on. And I, I, I sit here and think about, and the final thing that I was thinking about was this story, and, and people may not even be in the know about this, because uh, it's about a month ago, but the story of Asia Argento, I could be saying her name wrong, but Asia Argento, uh, and Jamie Bennett, and I guess she was someone who was high up in the Me Too movement, um, came out early against Harvey Weinstein about sexual, uh, about her being, I think, being being raped, um, was a prominent face, was going around quite a bit, and advocating, um, you know, for women to speak up about it, uh, but then there was even this, this byline that basically said, believe all women, believe and listen. So in other words, no matter what a woman says about a guy, you got to believe her. And again, I'm not necessarily saying, listen, certainly, uh, if you average out the statistics, certainly men are on the, on the, on the side of the aggressors, no question. Um, and behind every stereotype, there's definitely some truth. I'm saying this because it just came out a month ago that this same lady, Asia Argento, who had been, um, played a mom of a kid, Jamie Bennett, when he was seven, uh, flash forward 10 years later, he was 17, she was 37, and she had essentially, uh, seduced this boy, um, and had, had sex with him, and then when the evidence had come out, she immediately denied it, said it never happened, and it wasn't until things like uh, text messages and XYZ happened, even then she didn't really fess up to what she had done. And the person that she had kind of been doing the Me Too movement with, Rose McGowan, had taken the stance with, with her of essentially saying, well, let's hold off until all the facts are out. Um, this is my friend. Now, a couple weeks later, Rose distanced herself from her and told her, you know, hey, you need to come clean. What am I trying to say here? I'm just basically saying everything that she was levying against those who had done her wrong, when it came time for equal justice, there really wasn't. There wasn't this massive outcry. Again, flipping the situation where, imagine for a second that it's a 37-year-old man who known a girl since she was seven, and then when she turned 17, um, has sex with her, uh, I think there would be a huger outrage. What am I getting at? I just see this sort of odd, and I could be wrong here, but this odd double standard about this. And it all really boils down to this, is that at the end of the day, there's people that are hurting. Man's going through divorce. Let's say he didn't even do anything wrong. Most often, he's going to be on the short end of the stick. Uh, I know even many of the men that listen to my podcast, you're listening to me right now. You are going through 
a litany of situations and usually what society has told us is to suck it up, don't say nothing, and deal with it. And all I basically want to boil this really long podcast down to is saying that as we as men, um, we need to be able to ask for help. We need to stop trying to do it on our own. I know that's probably in some of our nature, is to want to do it on our own, to be strong in ourselves, not rely on anybody. These are all traits that, you know, as men, we tend to gravitate to. Self-reliance, self-starter, being independent, et cetera, et cetera. And and don't get me wrong. Those things are great. Those are things that I hold very dear in my life. But there comes a time where you you need help. You need other men to speak into your lives. I'm learning this at, at later in life, how important it is that I have godly men around me to hold me accountable, to be able to talk to, uh, to be able to um, be transparent with, um, and also to just be able to go, look, I'm struggling in this area. Can you walk with me through it? Can you pray with me through this? I need older men to decide, to continue to mentor me. That's one area that I haven't really necessarily looked out for as good as I should. But I will say this, I am now being pressed upon my heart to speak into men that are younger than my life, to uh, be able to share the things that God has taught me over the years, share my mistakes, share my struggles, my my happiness, my peaks, my valleys, et cetera, et cetera. And that's starting for me partially with the juvenile detention center kids. And I was asked to come in and paint a mural uh, which was their logo, and you would think, ah, you're just putting some paint on the wall, like, what's the big deal? But I had to kind of take two steps back and look at it. For a lot of these kids that are in there, um, this is now their new home. For some of the, like, and I've actually sat in there, and it's funny thing is, I don't really go in there when I do stuff in there with any sort of particular agenda. I'm not even necessarily going there with like a seven-point Bible study ready to prepare. I'm really just going in there to listen in a lot of ways. And without me even trying to make kids talk to me, a lot of them will just come up to me whether I'm doing my music or whether I'm painting or whatever, and they just start unloading. Oh, hey man, uh, I would love to stay in touch with you when I get out. Um, This thing is going on with my mom. I don't talk to her. She's on drugs. Uh, And that stuff breaks my heart. Because on one hand, I'm like, you know what? You probably did something to deserve you to be here. But part of me also is like, dang, you are a victim of your circumstance in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? And I was listening to one kid. He's just sharing his story. He's like, oh, I really love the Misfit Toys song. It really speaks to me. That's how I feel a lot of times. Um, I would love to stay in touch with you. I wrote a... He he told me, he goes, I I wrote a poem to my mom. Kind of similar to that. I said, oh, did you give it to her? He's like, no, I don't really talk to her because, you know, she's in a really bad spot and we don't get along and da-da-da-da. And I thought, these stories are the stories that people don't hear. All they see is a kid, a young boy, a a young man, all they see is a a, a tough exterior and they don't realize that most of them are hurting. There's a lot of men and a lot of young men that are walking wounded. It's our pride and our societal pressures that make us not want to open up, be real, be transparent. Another kid shared with me, he goes, oh, I do art too. And he started showing me some of his drawings because we were doing some stuff about graffiti art. And, um, and he showed me this picture and he had, he, this, he had drawn. 
And I looked at the name. I said, oh, man, that's, that's really good how you did that. He goes, oh, yeah, it's for my daughter. This kid must have been like 15, 16. And I said, oh, wow. I mean, she must really appreciate it. I'm thinking, I can't even imagine being a parent at that age. He goes, oh, no, she's dead. Um, I don't know what happened. I didn't really press him for the story. But, man, if you don't hear these stories and your heart doesn't break for these young men, I don't know where our heads are at. The thing is, I'm saying all this, and most people just probably won't care. It is this odd double standard that we face. And um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up with this last story. Uh, again, going back to the presumed, inno- presumed guilty before innocent. Um And I haven't shared this story because it was kind of a tough one for me to get past. But about two years ago, I was in a movie theater uh, with some friends, pastors actually. um, And I had gotten a text message in the theater. It didn't ring, but it went off. And so I, you know, kind of basically like made sure it was silent. And hey, I'm in the theater. I'll hit you afterwards. Um, Again, I wasn't making noise. It was really, it wasn't even going off. It was, and I was kind of off to my side by myself. It was just a little bit of light coming off my phone. I'm saying this to paint the pictures. I wasn't in there being obnoxious. I would understand if what happened next was because I was being loud and obnoxious or on my phone. None of that was happening. I see a lady get up. She walks by me. Um, she kind of disappears. And uh, I didn't think much of it. Flash forward a few minutes later. Guy walks up from the theater. Flashlights in my face. Hey, sir. You can't be on your phone in the middle of the movie theater. Now, mind you, I wasn't even on my phone when he came up. And I'm super confused at this moment. And I look over and I realize it was the lady. She had gone out, complained. Um, This guy, even though he never saw me on the phone, already assumed that I was doing what I was doing. Right? So I was guilty before I was innocent. Uh... I said, who, you know, I was like, what, what in the world? So I stood up and I said, all right, I'm going to go talk to a manager. I walk out. Um, as soon as I walked out of the theater, not, not the actual building, but the actual theater, I, I had realized at that moment that when the kid had come in with the flashlight, he had a security guy with him. I didn't notice him. I turn around and look and the security man has the cuffs out on the spot 10 feet away from me ready to cuff me up, and I thought, I I was like, what in the world, like, not only am I guilty, I'm about to be arrested for doing something that literally was not even happening, Um, and so I was like, you're going to arrest me, you know what I mean, like, that was my reaction, like, really, that's what we're going to do now, he comes over, security guard, uh, comes over, immediately gets in my face, and and goes and tells me to stand over at another place. I'm like, I didn't even move. The guy came over, got him. I mean, he's like not even a, you know, not even half a foot away from my face, essentially yelling at me. And I said, you know what? Keep talking. I pull out my phone. I started recording the audio. Because I knew at this moment, in that moment, I was like, wait a minute. I'm already guilty before innocent. What's about to happen is going to be a he said, she said. I'm going to get booted out of this theater for never doing anything wrong. Or, God forbid, I get thrown onto the ground and arrested in that moment for doing nothing more than just essentially just defending myself. So the guy's like, go stand over there. I'm like, you walked over to me, man. Like, 
Why do I gotta move? In that moment, the female manager shows up. She goes right in on me, and she basically starts saying, uh, you can't be on your phone, sir. Um, da 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 And she's just, essentially, again, three instances where I was guilty before innocent. And I thought for a moment, I thought, had I reacted, let's say I had reacted in a bigger way. Let's say I started yelling. Let's say I became even slightly physical. Let's say even for a moment that I had done anything to indicate any sort of aggression. I guarantee you, I would have been arrested on the spot, thrown out of the building, and probably would have been on the news that day. And I thought in each instant, especially with this female manager, I had already committed the crime before there was any evidence of me actually doing it. So, I knew, the only thing I knew at that moment was to stay calm and, and the whole reason I had recorded the conversation with the security guy because I knew I was going to have to prove how he was acting. And I said to her, I said, ma'am, do you want to hear how your guy is talking to me? And she was like, well, uh, and then she sort of backtracked a little bit. And essentially at that moment I said, look, I want to speak to your manager. And flash forward a few minutes, she's like, well, uh, how can I make this better? I said, I want an apology from that guy. I said, he was ready to arrest me on the spot. And I kind of finally moved past that. I finally talked to him again. He was super belligerent for the second time. He was not apologizing. Flash forward maybe 30 minutes later. I missed the whole movie at this point. 45 minutes later, um, I'm finally sitting down with the main manager. And at this point, I finally pulled out my trump card. Now, you can call me wrong for doing this. Maybe I was wrong for doing this. But I pulled out my trump card and I said, look, I have 250,000 social media followers. I could release this audio at any moment to them. Do you want that sort of bad press? And his whole persona was different. He's like, sir, I'm very sorry. That should have never happened. Uh, What can we do to make it better? I said, I don't want you to make it better. I just want an apology from that guy. Because, I mean, as a man, to be disrespected on that level, listen, there's something that strikes to the heart of a man that we deal with when it comes to something like that. Um, When he had, when all this smoke had, uh, (laughs) the smoke had cleared and the dust had settled a little bit, and he finally came and sat down next to me, and, and essentially I finally reiterated the whole story I said, hey, look, uh, you know, look, I'm, I'm a Christian, da-da-da. The minute I said I was a believer, his whole persona changed. And it was funny how over time, he all of a sudden became very Christian too. He was like, well, you know, this situation is kind of like Jesus and Peter. You know, Peter was a hothead, and, you know, I think God has sent you here for this moment to teach me how to, to be more calm and how to... Uh, to not be so da 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 and he was kind of saying all this, and I'm thinking, my man, you would have had me on the ground, face down, cuffed up, had you been given the chance. I'm going to be honest with you guys, I struggled, because again, I think that got my money refunded, and that was really about it. Um, the funny last thing over this whole thing is while we were sitting down and we were discussing this, me, the manager, and the, and the security guard, the movie finally lets out, the lady comes out, she comes out, and she sees me, and I said to her husband, I said, you know I didn't, you know I wasn't on my phone, right? I said, I didn't scream it at him, but I said, you know I wasn't on my phone. Because the husband was sitting, this was funny about the whole thing. The husband was sitting there with that lady the whole time. Never said a word while she was going off, while she was doing this, that, and the other. And, and I'll never forget her response to me. She goes, well, if you just would have, um, 
if you just would have not said anything, this wouldn't have happened. And she walked out. Oh, man, I couldn't believe it. I was like, lady, you have caused so many problems because you felt you were so entitled to go after me for doing something I never did. Uh, and there was no repercussion. This is the thing I thought about the whole thing. There was no repercussion for her. Maybe she has to live with herself. Maybe she goes home and she's miserable. And, and, and cooler heads do have to prevail in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Like, I had to, like, keep my calm in the midst of all that happening. Um, but, man, I walked back to my hotel room with my two pastor friends. That was a whole other story. I walked back and I just sat in their room boiling. Because the amount of, like, disrespect I had felt, the fact that I was guilty before I even did anything, the fact I wasn't even doing anything on top of that, um, like, everything converged at one time. Race, gender, uh, society, and I, and I had to think, there is a double standard. Now, I don't know what, it just is what it is. Um, I do know that there is a higher, there's a double standard, there's a higher standard. My higher standard is when I am disrespected to handle it in a Christ-like manner. That when your brother does something against you, to go to him one-on-one, to show him his fault. If he won't listen, get the second party. That's a Matthew 18 principle. Uh, and that also, a gentle answer can turn away wrath. And there's a weird sort of spectrum where you have to kind of fall on. Like, you don't want to be a pushover, but you also don't want to be someone who runs the conflict. So anyway, I don't have a perfect answer to any of this. All I do want to say is I'm curious what you guys think. You can hit me at kj52 at kj52.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it or you, you know, wherever I post this up, feel free to comment there. Hope you guys have a wonderful day. I hope you do not get arrested and I hope your days are filled with much Chick-fil-A. God bless y'all. All right, so big massive shout out to all my new patrons. Uh, so appreciative to you guys. Uh, big shout out to Jennifer Beery, Russ Rehart, Rehart, sorry Russ, I know you know me and I know you, I always mess your last name up. Huge shout out to our Club 52 uh, peeps, Rodney Neal and family, uh, Maddie Wilson, Heidi Rodriguez, Scott Spaulding, Star Felicia, 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 Felicia. <laughs> I think I, I'm so I'm sure I messed that up. Uh, yeah, that's all my new patrons. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you for helping uh, take care of the podcast. Love y'all. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day.